0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Come to you from underneath a peach blossom. It's time for an episode of be awesome, find positivity throughout your life and work. Just like our mascot, Rooster, see the jerk. Hello, Be Awesome listeners. Joshua Peach here. Sorry for the delay getting Podcast 21 out. It's been some time. Uh, I took some time off intentionally uh, over the holidays, and then early part of January, uh, family all, uh, decided to get the flu this year, which uh, we've been able to avoid the last number of years in between. Uh, sickness, uh, pretty difficult and challenging travel schedule, as well as some great opportunities in person with uh, Be Awesome uh, I haven't been able to give the podcast the attention it deserves. I'm uh, going to watch episode 21. It actually was set to be episode 16 with my good friend Paul Tim. Uh, Paul is a expert in school safety and security. His life is actually dedicated to going to schools and showing them how they can improve and work on their safety and security measures to provide the safest learning, and in some cases living environment. Uh, A lot of these kids, it's their best eight hours of their day. And uh, he does a phenomenal job. I was uh, reluctant and delayed on launching this because we did the recording and just a couple days after was the mass shooting at the nightclub in uh, California and then the wildfires, earthquakes, and a whole bunch of stuff. And I didn't want to, um, I don't know, I just didn't see putting it out when something like that was happening in the world. And, uh, reality is there ha- it's happening all the time you know every single week we're challenged with seeing in the news uh, a mass shooting as I'm talking about this now we had the terrible one in New Zealand at the mosques just happened uh, two days ago and uh, there's actually one in South America that uh, the kids touted being uh, uh, followers of the Columbine shooting and uh, so these things happen sadly way too often and um, I just I just was having a hard time putting this one out, and uh it's it's a great it's a great podcast. Paul Tim has got some good great nuggets of knowledge. I would tell you that if you have a school in need or if you were in a community where you think they could be doing more to uh, further the efforts in making those environments safer, definitely look Paul up. Uh, I'll have all his contact information on the podcast in the meantime I'm gonna come back, give you guys uh continue the podcast. I had no idea. How many people were listening to this? My analytics are actually broken. Um, uh, the po- Apple i, I uh, the Apple Podcast channel, which kind of houses all this stuff, gives me goofy uh, numbers. Um, but I do know that I'm in a pretty good ranking as far as a total uh, total number of podcasts. But um, I've had so many people reach out and say, hey, is everything okay? Haven't heard the podcast. Am I listening wrong? Did you move channels? Did something happen? So, nope, all is good. Uh, just been really busy. I uh, had a little bit of illness in between uh, that and um, just haven't had my microphone when I needed it to uh, to put on some, some good uh, episodes. So, moving forward, hoping to get at least one a week out to you, maybe more. Uh, get back in the swing of things. Weather's turning nice. we so are back out in the peach tree. Actually, in my home office right now, if you can hear in the background, that's really my 146pound South African Borble actually snoring on my feet. I don't know if that'll pick up, but uh, that's definitely um, a distraction for me at times. So uh, without any further ado, here is my podcast with Paul Tim in uh, the Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin-Dells, Wisconsin, in November of 2018. Have a great week and be awesome. Hello, Be Awesome listeners. This is episode 16 of the Be Awesome podcast, coming to you live from one of the most impressive boardrooms at the Kalahari uh, Resort in Wisconsin, Dells, Wisconsin. I have a great friend here with me who has just been uh, awesome uh, through my career in helping me uh, understand and grow in a really tough topic, which is school safety and security, the uh, Paul Tim is his name. He uh, started with Redis Security. I'll let him kind of give his rundown. But I met Paul probably, what, close to 10 years ago? Or I think s- it's
0: more than that. Yeah,
1: it's been a while. Um, and, and Paul tackles the, the tough task of walking schools every day to do his best in, in cooperation with the schools to maximize safety for our kids. And the things that I've learned over the years, I mean, every school I walked into, I've walked into thousands of schools, and I find myself doing Paul Tim exercises. And I thought it would be really good. He's an awesome human being, uh, but he's making a huge difference in... Uh, the schools today and their and their ability to have that safest possible learning environment. And one of the things that I've taken with me f- over the course of 10 years is something simple like looking uh, by the doors to see how close a loose rock is because chances are that do- that door probably gets propped open for somebody to go smoke a cigarette or go out to their car or something like that and to remove that rock to add a layer of, of protection for that school. And so we're going to talk a little bit. Uh, this isn't meant to scare you. It isn't meant to put fear and uncertainty or to say that the, war, the sky is falling, what we want to do is um, drive some awareness, uh, appreciation and understanding for those that aren't in school environments every day or those that are questioning what schools are doing. Uh, they're doing a lot behind the scenes. And then maybe some, some takeaways as parents, as people, as citizens, as stakeholders in the community, things that we should look at and be observant of or things that we should think about when we say it's not a big deal or, you know, oh, I can stick that rock in the door or whatever. So, uh, Paul, welcome. Welcome to the podcast, first of all. Uh, um, And give a little bit of background. I mean, I I just kind of gave the 10,000 foot, but tell us about you. Where are you? You Anything you want to share with us? Sure. I appreciate that.
0: I'm in Chicago and I grew up at Argonne National Labs, which is a Department of Energy facility. And just to keep the tone light, I'm wearing colored socks. I know that you and I have uh, <laughs> compared our colored socks. Yours are usually a little wilder than mine, but I'll, I'll I'm, <laughs> again, uh, but I'm glad to be in the same conversation. But uh, I, um, I, uh, my dad started a firm that's an independent security consulting firm in 84. I joined in the late 90s and really started working mostly with schools. I have uh, published a book called School Security. I love to say it's all about school security, so I call it School Security, Um, and that was in 2014, and most recently, I had the opportunity to testify on the Federal Commission on School Safety for the Secretary of Homeland Security, Kirsten Nielsen, so that was pretty cool
1: very cool and and you and I and my I have skull and crossbones <laughs> very light blue socks with orange trim on them today so I think it's I think it's a close to a tie uh, but you and I have a pretty hectic travel schedule yeah. we cross paths a number of times over the year uh, over the course of the year we were at Ca- Casper Wyoming <laughs> together last year which was a really cool trip um, you know one of the things that's always uh, engaged me with you is the, the way that you put things you know Today, we talk about uncertain times, we talk about the Sandy Hooks, we talk about all of the different, sadly, instances and and occurrences that happen in schools. From a visibility standpoint, I think that some statistics outside of active shooters that parents and people should be aware of, because that's really the buzz, right? So, like, when we talk about what happens in schools and something's bad, everybody immediately goes to active shooter, but... You know, what else is there?
0: Yeah, well, there's a lot of other things, and I don't say that to put a, a scare in us, but you and I have talked about this. You know, we're so much more likely to have environmental or severe weather kind of incident, and I think you even mentioned you, you've now begun to see the tornado shelter areas yeah, and everywhere. airports. Um, you know, I was in Branson, Missouri, two weeks ago, and I was in their convention center, and they've got these scrolling electronic signboards with announcements of where different, different groups are and which rooms. And I happened to be with the, the security person, and I said, hey, w- wouldn't it be good to put a see something, say something message up there every, every couple moments? And he said, that would be a great idea, because I doubt anyone has any idea how to even contact us here. And um, a couple days later, I got an email with that, uh, with a photo of that sign and and a nice, a friendly see something, say something. They're not trying to scare anybody. They're just trying to take us from a Mayberry mentality to a see something, say something mentality.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things is that you can... uh you kind of close yourself off and think, "Oh, it's not my town." I mean, it's funny because you always see those. Something happens, whatever it is, whether it's weather related, whether it's a gas explosion, a fire, whatever. And there's a, you always feel like the news finds that one person that says, "Oh, I never. It would have never happened here, or it shouldn't happen here, or yeah. never here." And the reality is. That, it's not meant to be fear. It's reality. It's no longer if, it's when. Every community in the United States is going to be impacted by something. And it's better to be prepared than to be blind.
0: Yeah. I like to draw the parallel with driving. You know, in the 70s, when I was alive and you were not yet, um, you could buy a car that didn't have seatbelts. And now we know uh, whether you remember click it or ticket or buckle up for safety, we know that everyone is safer because we have seatbelts now. And, What I say to schools or libraries or businesses, wherever I'm I'm helping, I'd like to say we want to be sort of adopting a defensive driver mentality. And a defensive driver isn't so afraid that they pull off the road every time they see another motorist. You'd never get anywhere. But they're also not driving like they're the only ones around or nothing could go wrong around them. They're just aware. Mm -hmm. And we drive. We all drive better. And that's what we hope for. And that's why, you know, when you and I drive, sometimes we go, I wish they would be driving better. Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and let's let's take that one step further. Let's take it to social media. You talk a lot about social media. Mm-hmm. You talk a lot about you know parents, teachers, faculty, staff. Everybody should have a Facebook page, yeah. and and for for, for different purposes and probably than what most people have. But let's talk about that, and let's talk about you know signs that people should say, hey, maybe something's not going on here, and how they should take care of that.
0: Yeah, thanks. There's a couple of things I want to say about social media. The first one is for those of you that are listening to this podcast that are 40 plus, please stop doing the one person protest on social media. We're, we're looking at a generation gap and we're turning it into a gulf when we say, even in not so many words, people will, will tell their kids, well, Snapchat is stupid, or you're not being safe on Instagram. Listen, that's not a reason for us to avoid it. We should be there so we're aware of some of the security settings or or, uh, just generic settings. And Facebook is one of those that has dedicated security settings. And the thing that I like best on Facebook is enabling the code generator, which I know this is going to sound technical, but it's two-factor authentication, meaning if I go to sign in from your laptop, I'm not signed into my Facebook, I have to enter my username and password, but if I've enabled the code generator, it then sends me a, a, a unique code that I have to enter besides. And whether people are ever going to be on Facebook or not, they should be using two-factor authentication for their online banking, for for anything they're doing. Even Google now has two-factor yeah. authentication. And, Once we start to say, wait a minute, I know this doesn't require an instruction manual, I am forced to be intuitive, we begin to bridge that gap. And then we begin to bring some tools to people that we care about who are really using social media. And whether, again, we like it or not, social media is a tremendously effective method of mass notification. I follow my kids' um, institutions of higher learning on Twitter, and if there's an incident that happens at their college, how do, My kids might not even know about it, but when the college is sending out the facts, I can cut through all the fake news and rumors that are coming out. And, and so social media is so important, and we have to just get over the fact that it's uncomfortable for us, and we should become adopters, if not early adopters.
1: Yeah, and that's a couple of great pieces to that um, is definitely, you know, if in a community or you have a child at school, Definitely connect with those reliable sources because there's a lot of unreliable sources, and 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 also take those sources with a grain of salt if it's not coming directly from campus safety and security, the college, your community. Like you say, I live in my town. I have the town police, I have the towns surrounding me, police, fire, the town's sites. So that when something happens, that's going to be probably my first place that I'm going to hear it from before the news and every place else. If you're in a proactive community or proactive school, because they know the kids. They know the the, the the parents and everybody else is going to start putting stuff out there. Let's get the facts, and that's what makes a difference in, in being able to handle and take care of. And, and and also as active for those that are active social media, you know, remove the noise unless you know it to be one hundred percent factual. Don't just go along with something because Charlie said it or Sally said it. Like, make sure you have the facts in place. Don't 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 rumorize things and, and make things worse. You know, the, the the piece of this that, that is big for me and, and, and parental acknowledgement and understanding especially is everything that we see in the news is reactionary, right? It's all after the fact. What are we going to do now? How are we going to do this? And, you know, there's some really good campaigns and things that are out there for bully prevention or for, you know, for, for weather uh, prevention. Like I say, I'm going to more places now that have tornado shelters. Because it just don't happen in middle America anymore. I mean, we had tornadoes in Cape Cod last week. Yeah. We had a 76-mile tornado that went from from uh, um, out out in Springfield to Sturbridge. It ripped through the middle of the state. And so there, there's now the possibility of these things happening, and we're proactive. Yeah. And I think in that social media aspect and, and not protesting social media, if your kids are on it or you think your kid's on it or your kids got a cell phone that isn't protected, okay. and I want to talk about that a little bit too, you need to be there. Yeah. You need to be in those conversations, not necessarily in their chats or any of that stuff, but you need to see what's going on. You can see and learn so much through that. Um, it's true. We complain that there's a lack of
0: RESPECT, but we're bringing it on ourselves when we're not diving into the pool with them. And again, I'm not talking about doing anything silly or risky. I'm talking about responsibility, um, And but we can do that. I wanted to step back briefly because I know we're, we're heading to the bullying question, but um, I'm now telling schools that um, they should be registering the students' numbers because who's more likely to have an iPhone 10, the, the, the students or their parents? Right. And, and, and those kids, they're away from the building. Sometimes we still have open campuses or we can leave during lunch or for vocational purposes or athletic events we must be able to communicate with those students. It, the, today's high school campus is like yesterday's college campus, mm-hmm. uh, so it's time to get them into the mass notification system.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and, and we will. We'll se- let's, let's segue to bullying because that's, that's, that's a big one, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's really where the core of a lot of our, our challenges and problems happen in schools, and, and also it's, it's something that is, is really not necessarily always associated with it, depression. Right? Yeah. Anxiety yeah. is the, the core of it is kids are getting bullied and they're having difficulties. How do you, how do, how do you I guess, suggest that people should go about actively understanding, reporting, or what, what do you suggest to schools as far as a bullying protocol, or do you suggest a bullying protocol? Oh, well,
0: yes. And many states require that you have at least a bullying policy, if not a, an overall program. Um, but for sure, they should have a program. I will tell you, there's a couple things that are interesting. You know, when we think of bullying in our generation, sometimes we think about the kid who's being picked on. And I, I want to say probably more bullying today is the kid who's being ostracized in a day where when you and I grew up, we you know, we all played ghost in the graveyard or kick the can. Today, nobody's doing that. They all have their own devices. They're they have crowded loneliness like we never experienced. And today you can you can ignore people you can ostracize people and leave them out and that's bullying and for those that are seeing that and allowing it to happen because they'd rather be on the inside than risk being on the outside like the person who's being hassled in that way we're we're asking those people to rise up and and to care Um, and so a couple other things about bullying relational, the relational impact is so big, not just among peers where, of course, it's all at issue. But, you know, I I try to remind teachers, you chose to be a teacher because you like kids, right? I mean, they didn't choose it for the money. Um, So it's time to really foster that relationship building and Um, You know, everybody's been bullied, whether we think we were or not. We were bullied when we were younger or we're being even bullied in a workplace environment kind of situation today. It's time to build relationships. And for those who are in those strategic places, whether it's students or in this case, um, teachers or coaches, especially because you're you know, you're in, in the trenches with the kids. It's time to build those relationships. So I think that's it. I think programmatic things are important as well. But remember, they fall apart when people don't buy in. Mm-hmm. So we've got to get the commitment first. And it should be something that we can do with the foundation of we're working with people who like kids. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I want to share one other quick story. I think you know Brian Moore. Yes. So, yeah. um, Brian talks about some of the issues he had growing up. And I'm not going to talk about that, but... Brian said his issues growing up gave him a radar to see issues in kids that he then was over as a police officer or a security director. And and I think I love that. I love the fact that somebody could take some bad experiences and then recognize others. And he said his heart just as big toward those people. That's that's the that's what
1: we need. Yeah. We need
0: people who have eyes to see and hearts that are that are opened. Uh, no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, and Brian is absolutely he's he if he could be if we could have him here, this would be a mm-hmm. heck of a panel. We might need to do a part two with interest. Mm-hmm. But Brian works for the state of Delaware, yeah. and he is doing everything to ensure uh, the safest scenarios for environments and schools and in uh, the entire state. And, he and he's kids. yeah, he loves he loves kids. He loves making a difference, uh, and and stays highly in tune with with what's going on. That let's talk about the hot. So you know, one of the things is what the hot topic is with safety and security, right? So since, since we'll say since Columbine, but definitely since Sandy Hook, there has been this influx of security experts, whether it's bulletproof glass, not bulletproof glass, tinted glass, locks, doors. I mean, they talk about, you know, someone coming in and saying, you know, you need a steel reinforced, bulletproof, mortarproof proof uh, door in your elementary school. And that's great. And then somebody goes and puts it in, and all of a sudden these kids can't push, these second graders can't push a thousand pound door. Um, and so there's all these different things that are happening. And what happens a lot of the times is these people put fear into the community of, well, you don't have a protected building because you don't have this equipment or you don't have that. And they get this community to be cheerleaders and to go to the school committees and to go to the schools and go to the facilities and security office and do all this stuff, and push all this. You know, what, what advice or what, what suggestions could, could we say to, you know, I, I've sat in countless school committee meetings. Where there's been a resident or a parent that has gotten up and said, "We need to implement this," mm-hmm. and how should one? How should the schools handle that? Because they're all, we're all, every school's proactively doing this. How many schools do you think you've you've, you've walked the halls of, or do you know that? No I now? was
0: in eight buildings last week, so yeah. I I mean hundreds, just yeah. hundreds, um, this this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say this, um, you know, f- fear, uncertainty, and doubt, what the marketing industry calls FUD, sells. You know, mm-hmm. you, you make people think that they've got to have this magic wand solution, and that's the thing. There is no magic wand solution. Uh, you know, it, what's interesting, because you mentioned a couple of the places where there's been incidents in the aftermath of, of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas in Parkland, incident you know students rose up and recognized that they had a voice and i'm trying to tell schools we've got to include them in appropriate ways not in agenda ways where we're pushing agendas through the students but they have a voice and um, what i would say is the answer for the person who found that magic wand i would say education is the answer we have to say let's take a time out Mm -hmm. Let's look at what you're talking about. Is that bulletproof glass? And by the way, there is no such thing as bulletproof glass. There could be (laughs) bullet resistant going to make all of the difference. And if they say, well, no, but it's going to make a big difference. how, How do we quantify that? And shouldn't we be taking a holistic approach and we also, so we get people now who are bringing in these barricade devices, and it's all well-intentioned, and, and I understand we don't want to buy locks that lock by key from the inside, because that would be the answer, or lock or, or teach with our doors closed and locked to begin with, because we could do that, um, but, but we sometimes get barricade devices, and I was told by a manufacturer of a barricade device at a panel at the Campus Safety Conference, he said, Um, This is great, and I know it's not code compliant for the National Fire Prevention Association. And, And I said, well, yeah, but so then how can you sell it? Then he said, well, codes are made to be broken. And I said, no. No, Our Lady of the Angels Catholic School burned to the ground and about 100 people died in Chicago 60 years ago. And we put in codes so people can freely egress so that fire alarm drills have to take place. And as a result, no students have died in a school-related fire since, even though there's four to 5,000 fires in educational facilities every year. So I get really nervous about people who are well-intentioned but are missing the education pieces. And that's the remedy. Education right. and and one more thing, I'm sorry. No, but, go but right ahead. Education among collaboration. Otherwise, we have somebody who dons themselves the expert. We need the accountability of a collaborative s- situation, and then education wins the day.
1: Yeah, and and the hardest part of all of that is to to realize emotion is, is playing into this bigger no, than no. any other piece in in education. We're talking about our kids. We're yeah. talking about. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Something that doesn't have a numbered value to it. It is priceless. Our children, and one of the things that I've seen or experienced is people go solely on emotion and go into these roles and 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 go into these these needs of things without being open minded and saying, okay, let's let's do the what if, and I'll do the what if on 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 this. And it was a, a, a scenario that I saw that was like mind boggling to me because. Uh, the event just like it was as if it was a contradictory you, you left not knowing what 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 the hell to do right? So the first person that came in was a bullet resistant, mm-hmm. but bulletproof is mm-hmm. what was touted mm-hmm. bulletproof glass. And you sat there for an hour and you listen, you're like, wow, this makes all the sense in the world. All the points point directly to replace all the glass, make it bulletproof, bullet resistant, and the schools will be safer. The next person came in, And completely contradicted that and talked about all of the times that first responders have had to break windows to get students out, not to keep the bullets from coming in. And then all of a sudden you go, well, shoot, that whole first thing contradicts this thing. And then the next thing comes. And so you want a scenario and play through everything. But the biggest piece, I think, to all of this with regard to safe schools, natural disaster, active shooter violent acts bullying is people first
0: yeah.
1: agreed people first we got to educate our staff mm-hmm. we have to constantly take care of our kids we have to be unbelievably vigilant and awareness with what's going on around and we can't look at something on one day we can't say well we protested and we walked protesting bullying on Tuesday and then Wednesday, go back to business as usual and put blinders on. We can't say, oh, well, I got on Facebook, so I don't need to monitor my child's phone. I mean, this, this seven- and eight-year-olds that have unrestricted phones that they're able to – I mean, you can search. You want to see death, destruction, porn, whatever, un, unrestricted phones. It, the world is at their fingertips to see everything they're not supposed to. Yeah. So, you know, is uh, yeah, let me se- – not segue, but – is there some great way to safely monitor or manage devices? Is there a tool out there? And I don't know if there is, so I'm asking as, a, as yeah. a wanting to know. But it, is there something that parents should be looking at as a um, monitor, if you will, of mm-hmm. what their kids are doing?
0: Yes, and there are a number of, of, you know, brands that I could recommend. But I want to say this. And you know this, uh, but there's no substitute for involvement. So I I might say, well, just tell me what to get so I can always monitor my kids, except for wait a minute. Shouldn't you be involved to the point where and I know maybe then we also need a product to help us. But I've seen countless numbers of adults um, and we're having a conversation A kid comes up, let's say she's 10, and she says, Mom, could I have the credit card because I need to do this online or I need to buy that online or I've I've exceeded all of the game levels and now I need – and I just see people, you know, hand the credit card over. And I think, you know, economically that doesn't make much sense, but where's the involvement? Do you even know what they're doing? Isn't it – shouldn't we be doing some things together? You know, and and that's where we get to crowded loneliness, because kids can just disappear and we're okay because they're quiet Mm -hmm. and they're not disrupting anything. And maybe they're not making trouble, but it could be they're getting filled with the makings of trouble. It's it's time for involvement first.
1: Yeah. And and I don't think we can preach that enough um, because you're right. and, And that's part of my starting this. Was seeing lack of involvement, not just with parents with kids, but society as a whole. I mean, one of the things that this whole piece got to was seeing walking the airports and seeing lack of involvement, yeah. interaction, engagement, and a lot of it being negative. And there's some really great people. I mean, I'm trying to get uh, my friend Wesley, who's a gate agent at and at JetBlue and uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, on to do a podcast with me because he's an absolutely awesome guy. And I sit there and say, Wesley, you know, how do you how do you wake up in the morning knowing that you're gonna to go to a job for eight hours that you're probably gonna get yelled at a bunch, people aren't gonna to talk to you, they're gonna pay more attention to their phone, whatever, but there's no involvement, right? So you know, that's 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 huge. I have a quick Snapchat story. I, my, I was able to teach a safe
0: school learning environment course at my daughter's university. She wasn't in the class, but, you know, teachers now, uh, those who are going to be teachers are now learning something about the safe learning environment, which is only smart. But I was in the class and she and I were hanging out. The class had not started yet. Kids were filtering in. And I said, okay, Mandy girl, help me with Snapchat. How do I do the thing where my stick out my rainbow tongue? And she's laughing at me because she said, well, Dad, to get to that filter, all you have to do is touch the screen. And so <laughs> some of the kids in front were laughing, and I'm learning, and then we're sending snaps to my other kids and some videos. It was so fun and humbling, too, yeah. because it's my 19-year-old daughter who knows everything, and she just knows it, and I know nothing, but, but worth it. And I saw these girls in the front row kind of laughing. And then my daughter left because class was going to begin. And I said to the girls up front, I said, did I just look that silly? And they said, well, maybe a little bit. But both of us were saying we wished our parents gave a flip mm-hmm. about what we're doing. Yeah. And this is not my application for father of the year verbally. Yep. It's just to say my, if I want to be in contact with my 19-year-old daughter, I might not be able to do it on my terms. Mm -hmm. Her terms right now are sending snaps back and forth, so why not learn it? And why not be careful along the way with snap maps and all of the other challenging things? But for kids to go, man, I wish my parents, again, I I don't want to make an indictment on other parents. I'm saying for all of our generation, it's time. Mm -hmm. It's time
1: to be involved. And... and and I think that we're in a critical point, my opinion. All of this is my opinion, only not necessarily all fact. But I believe that we are in a critical time of transition. When I was growing up, which I was I was born in the 70s. I, I had lap belts in my cars, but not, not, the, not the full cross belts. But you didn't have to wear a seat belt in the backseat until like the 90s. But, uh, uh, but, but we're in a transition point where when I was growing up, there wasn't a chance that I was smarter than my parents. Right, it was impossible. They, there just wasn't that capacity or capability. We're talking about people today consuming 176 the equivalent of 174, 176 newspapers in a day. When I was a kid, it was one or two. Yeah, and we didn't just readily. We had Encyclopedia Britannicas. Right. You know, Microfish. we had Webster's Dictionary. Yeah. We. I mean, we had we had basically nothing. Yeah. So the likelihood that our parents were smarter than us and knew what was out there, knew what was going on could smell tobacco in the backyard, whatever, it's pretty strong that they were smarter than us. Today, our kids are so much it's smarter right. than us, and we have to appreciate that. Yeah. We have to embrace it, Agreed. and we have to start to figure out how do we work differently with our kids? Yeah. And that's a hard thing to do. I've got an 11-year-old and 11-month-old. I am terrified at what my 11-month-old is going to be able to do by the age of four, even with limited technology. Our son's got an iPod touch, that's it. We know what he's doing. He his his, uh, his screen time last week was, I think, fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he is he is technology savvy to a point, but he's not technology driven for life. But we need to, as as adults, do exactly what you say. Yeah. Go to our kids and say, "How do I set up a Facebook page?" Or if you don't have a LinkedIn page, any person that's got a profession should be on LinkedIn. How do I set a vanity URL with with my name so that when anybody does a search for me online, that's the first thing that they're going to find. How do I set up a? I don't know how to do Snapchat. I haven't done Snapchat yet. I'm doing Twitter. I'm doing Instagram. I'm doing Facebook. I'm, I'm slowly getting uh-huh. to the to the understanding of Snapchat, but that's huge, right? Yeah. And that just eight short years ago, or somewhere right. or thereabouts, it was a, it was a photo sharing that disappeared after three, three, three seconds. Yeah. Now you can put all this stuff on and everything. But the big thing is, we have fear as adults to. Maybe look dumb to our kids. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we have a fear that we don't want to look like we don't know because our parents always knew. That's right. But we need to yeah. flip the script. We do. And we need to look to them and say, hey, help me out. Yeah, we have to humble
0: ourselves and we have to do it in the name of love. That's that's the key. Yeah, absolutely. And, it's, that's, and that's perfect because... And kids want something real anyway. If we would just be honest with ourselves, they're looking for... You know, I, I, it was cracking me up because last winter your son was shoveling the snow off of the roof of your car. Yeah. Um, but to see and celebrate those kinds of things, and they are already seen and celebrating it in reverse. We're already famous whether we thought we were or not when we're spending time with our kids. Mm-hmm. And to give them that that reverse. And so, you know, I know you've got this already. We're talking to people, and, and not that we're perfect, but we're talking to people that say now is the time to make the commitment to to humble yourself and and get right in an in involvement.
1: Yeah, yeah, I couldn't say it better. Uh, and and hopefully people will understand that. I there's some there's some people in my life that I know that are just I, I want to emulate them down the road. I mean, Danny's not going to have social media until he's an adult. But there there there's there's pressures. I mean, Danny's in a school with, with 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 a lighter attendance and everything else. And there's there's high attendance schools. You know, um, that there's that there's peer pressures. Well, why aren't you on this or why aren't you on that? And I've okay. got some really incredible parents and people that have really done exactly what we're talking about, where they're involved. And, and you want to be involved as the kids evolve. Yeah. So as they're growing.
0: And learn from them.
1: Right. And not Don't just have. Yeah, not just wake up one day and go, oh, I need to be a part of this, 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 and this. And they're already seven, you know, seven miles down the road. If your kid's getting involved, get involved. Just like sports. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna, if you're, if you're a 12 year old is gonna play soccer, you're probably driving them. You're mm-hmm. probably going to Saturday game. So if your kid's going on Fortnite or and talking mm-hmm. online, you definitely want right. to be around that to see because, sadly, there's people out there that are on Fortnite or whatever these these interactive web games are, yeah. that are saying some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. I, I, my Danny's godfather, um, who's a, a Marine, you know, plays Call of Duty, mm-hmm. and so I was playing Call of Duty for a while, and it was my way of. Connecting. communicating with them and connecting this is going 10 10 plus years ago but we used to have the headsets and talk to each other and just play the game or whatever and there was a lot of people that were saying some really crazy stuff on there and i'm going wow i don't want my kid to be on this at any point in time i'm an adult i can consume it i can toss it or keep it but our kids can't do that they right. can't figure that stuff out so i mean it's really important to understand what they're doing and how they're doing it and and what's going on. Get in there with them. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you were to say top five things or top three things or a couple of things, you know, that we should do to make ourselves more aware or some, some things that we should be, you know, what are some of the things that you just go, wow, we're missing the boat, like the tornado shelters. Like I, I, I now, I now search for them and I send you pictures because it was like six, seven years ago that you never, you rarely saw them. I mean, you had to be in places that were high risk and now they're, they're everywhere. Um, and, and, you you know, your, your home airport of Chicago, they, they like double down. I mean, they're, they're, they're all over the place, but like, what are some things that we can do or maybe some takeaways that we just doesn't cost anything that we could just do a little bit differently that could provide a better impact or larger impact When when and if something happens?
0: Well, I think the whole awareness component is important. And so let's open our eyes. And what goes hand in hand with that is the relational component that we've been talking so much about. My son told me uh, probably almost a decade ago, Dad, we're the first generation in the history of mankind that is consistently bringing important information to the generations above us. And he's right. He was right a decade ago. He's more correct now. It's time to learn a little bit from or maybe a lot, from the younger generation. And listen, I'm not talking about doing silly things, but getting in with them, asking for their help. You know what I'm telling teachers today is, and administrators, I say in your staff meetings, why not carve out two or three minutes to bring some kind of emergency preparedness or safety awareness thing? And in some of those, have the students bring it. Like if if a student came in right now and taught us in two or three minutes a little bit more about Snapchat, you would be way beyond what you are right now. And they're the ones to do it. And then as we're also learning from our perspective and seeing some safety issues, now we can teach back, you Mm -hmm. see? So I think that relational component, the awareness component, and then one last thing, and it's more nuts and bolts, but I'm going to say it. We can't do anything well, safety and security, unless we have really excellent communications, and really excellent access control. So I think anybody in any, whether we're schools or businesses, we should be always looking, do we have a a way to get help if we need it? Can we always hear an announcement, an emergency announcement, if it's made no matter where we are? That's the communication side. And on access control, can we account for who's in our building, and who's no, no longer in our building, that should be. That's the access control. So I would say those are the areas I think are
1: most important. Okay, great. And just a little bit more, just touch a little bit more on the access control piece for people to understand. Dumb it down for me just so that I...
0: Yeah, um, remember we should, and I'm going to go with the school first, we should have single point of entry. We shouldn't have extra doors that are propped open like mm-hmm. you referred to earlier. We should have uh, concrete visitor management practices. Never let somebody sign a registry that they can see and they see everybody who's signed into the building. We should keep the registry on our side of of the desk. We should always make them show some kind of a photo ID so we can determine that who they say is actually true. Um, And then they should be escorted to where they're going instead of just saying, yeah, go down the hall and to the left. And they're suddenly lost in the labyrinth that is our building. I think beginning to teach people to ask how can I help you is a really great form of access control because I have to state a purpose for being in the building. Um, and then if a room is vacant, it should be secured. No one should walk into a vacant room and then we don't know if someone's in there. All of these things are us in the past we've traded security for convenience. It's now time to say let's let's go back to having safety and security.
1: Yeah, and and maybe have a little bit of inconvenience. Yes. What's your, what's your name on those registers with the list of everybody's name on what's your, what's your latest, what's your latest name badge?
0: Well, I've always used Michael Jordan and, uh, and Beyonce, but, uh, the other day I did Ronald McDonald only because, you know, somebody had mentioned something about McDonald's and I figured I would do that. So yeah, I, I, I never sign in as Paul Tim because no one ever looks. And, and again, eight buildings last week, I didn't sign in as Paul Tim at a single one of them. Wow.
1: Well, this is this has been uh, definitely uh, a lot to digest uh, in in thirty five or thirty six so or so minutes. I, I really, uh, I you know, I'm a raving fan of you. I, I have vice been for, for a long time. Your book, School Security, is is a is an easy read. anybody that's in education, anybody that wants to read it, it's worth reading and understanding. Um, I, I appreciate everything that you do because every day something new you have to keep on the on the cutting bleeding edge of what's going on what are they doing what's happening where are the weather events i mean and you you name like all you can rattle them all off it's it is absolutely amazing to watch but you know how do people get a hold of you what do you do what 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 are some of the services and things that you do yep. how can people get a hold of you thank you and what does that look like
0: well i appreciate it and thanks for the kind words um really we just have three services we offer security assessments we do emergency preparedness assistance. We bring in your emergency responders, and we work with you all to put those together. And then the third thing is is instruction and training, and I speak at a lot of events like you do. I, I usually follow John Peach, but I'm, I'm at those events with you. And they can uh, contact me. It's paul.tim, and Tim has two Ms. That's what makes it an official last name, paul.tim. At FEAPC, I know that's long, but it stands for Facility Engineering Associates Public Corporation. Paul.Tim at FEAPC.com. I have a Facebook page, and all you would need to look for is Safe Schools and the number one, Safe Schools 1. You can follow us on Twitter at School Security. And on LinkedIn, I'm at Tim. PSP, which stands for Physical Security Professional. That's the credential that I have, Paul, Tim, PSP on LinkedIn.
1: Awesome. Well, this, this has been uh, highly educational. I, I have just wanted to share um, some of these nuggets of knowledge that you have, and hopefully others reach out to you and and take advantage of, of your just extreme expertise and understanding of total everything that encompasses school safety and security. And the takeaway here is it's just not active shooters. It's not just bullying. It's not just weather. It's the whole encompassing piece to it. And you need to look at that um, and do and do your homework and get somebody like Paul Tim involved. If, if you don't, there aren't many places in the country that aren't doing something. But if you need something, definitely reach out to Paul Tim or someone like that that's highly credible, represents, you know, hundreds if not thousands of schools and and is making a difference. So I really appreciate you taking the time. I grabbed Paul as a side note. I grabbed Paul this morning. Uh, We just happened to be at a conference together. And and as I share with you, uh, the listener, you know, I might, I, I started to try to do this every Sunday at two or every Sunday at five and have it, And I'm going to come at you whenever I have content. So I might have a week or more that I don't have a podcast. I have a week like this that I'm going to have one probably every single day uh, because I'm going to be doing another one either tomorrow or Wednesday. And I got episode 13 that I still need to release which is the post climb. So I uh, really appreciate you coming and, uh, and sitting with me.
0: Just want to be awesome with you.
1: Yeah, you, you absolutely are. And, <laughs> and just another example of an awesome person in my life that has positively impacted me and enabled me to do stuff like I'm doing today. So until the next podcast, which is going to be possibly uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, you can find me at Josh at be awesome. I really appreciate the emails that I'm getting and and suggestions and things to do more of. But it's J-O-S-H at beawesome and it's B-E-A-U-S-M.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm starting to go there. I've got Facebook. I've got LinkedIn, as I shared with you on the David Cooks. I now have a webmaster and marketing coordinator for social media who is also my fiance Amy, and I pay her in hugs. So really excited that she's going to be taking that over this week so I can keep doing this stuff and some other things. Shirt sales are, are, uh, are slowed down a little bit, but we're still at it. We're over $1,000. I, I think we had two or three shirts ordered today, so we're at like $1,025, something like that, close to it. Uh, for uh, Santa Claus and for the Youth Advocates Group in Fairbanks, which we're going to go up to somewhere in the December 2nd to 4th time frame. We'll keep you posted an update on that, but we'd love for you to buy a shirt. Go to the beawesome.com website and go to shop, buy a shirt. We'll ship it in a day or two and get it out to you. And uh, In the meantime, if you want to do awesome, you got to be awesome.